Stress and overwhelm is something that many working mothers face. I have faced that myself as a working mother. And I know that many times when we think about our day-to-day -day activities, whether it's work-related or home-related, there are so many things that we can use to describe it. Some of the words are a little more challenging than others. I am Dr. Duny. I am the award-winning mom empowerment coach. I'm a family doctor, international speaker, and the best-selling author of the book, Every Mom is a Supermom, and also your host on the Wellbeing for Mothers show. This is the show where we come together. We talk about the practicalities of motherhood, the good, the bad, the ugly, the practical things we can do as mothers to improve our well-being mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Today, we're going to be talking about the working mother and the stresses that come up, but most importantly, what she can do about it. I remember when I got a message from school about my child. They sent a message. It was a voice message because I hadn't picked up my phone because my phone was always on silent at work. And it was a message saying, please, would you get back in touch with us? Goodness, my mind went everywhere. You know what it's like when you get that phone call? And I picked up the phone, dialed the number, and uh, was wondering what it could possibly be. And I was thinking, while I was, my mind was racing, I finally got to speak with someone from the school who said, oh, well, um, the child, my daughter was not feeling well. She had a bit of a temperature. So they've, they've given some um, par paracetamol and um, they were just hoping that I could probably come pick her up. Okay. And I looked at, I looked at the whole thing. I said, okay, right. Sure. This is something that happens. These are things that occur. And these are some of the huddles that we face because you don't plan that your child is going to be unwell. You don't know that they're going to be unwell, but then that adds stress to it. Long and short of it, of course, I got back to work and I said, well, this is what's going on. And I need to get to speak pick my daughter up from school. And so, of course, I had to get that sorted. But there are some times that things are a little bit more challenging than that. And that can cause a lot of stress, especially when you have certain things you're doing at work or certain things that you need to do at home or perhaps emo emotions of guilt or fear that might be making you more stressed. So very importantly, when it comes to managing stress, you need to identify it. So the first step when it comes to managing stress and avoiding burnout, especially as a working mother, is you need to identify the signs of burnout. I don't know if many of you have ever seen this kind of um, picture or a video of somebody rubbing the sides of their head like they're about to drill a hole into their temple. Mm -hmm. That rubbing motion is like a way people instinctively try to reduce the stress or manage the pressure or the headache they might be feeling at the time. So headache is a sign that you might be going through a little bit more than you should be going through. Another very important sign we need to also recognize is 
when you start to feel more agitated, more irritable, so little things annoy you, upset you, trigger you, and sometimes you can start snapping at people that you really ordinarily would not snap at. And then, of course, lack of focus. This is a very big one because many times we as working mothers, we have a goal or a task or something to do at work, a presentation, and then suddenly you find out that you can't focus. You can't get those ideas together. Your words are not coherent. Your ideas are not coming together. And you start to beat yourself up, making it even worse. Those are signs that you might be so stressed that you're approaching burnout, okay? Now, the other very important thing to also note is when you're feeling tired all the time. So you might be that mother who's probably on her fifth cup of coffee by 12 noon because you're trying to put something in your mouth that is going to stimulate you to stay awake. If that's you, we need to readdress whether you are going through a lot of stress. Okay, so th that's the first step, recognizing the signs of burnout. And there's a whole list of burnout. And if you're interested, please just put in the link. I'll put in the um, section a means for you to take a burnout checklist. And then you just go through and see how best you or how you're feeling and how best you can address that. Okay. The second thing you need to recognize is identifying your stress triggers. Now, this is a very good one. You know why? Because we go through a lot. And when you talk about stress triggers, there are so many of them. However, I classify them into the physical triggers, the emotional triggers, the mental triggers, social triggers. And of course, with the social, we've got a huge um, list of the triggers in that section. So there are some mental triggers. And those triggers can come as a result of maybe a thought that has been kind of going in your mind, oh, I'm not good enough. That can be a trigger. And because you are faced with a task and you're telling yourself, I'm not good enough, that's a trigger for you to be more stressed. So rather than you just handling the matter and settling it, you start to shake, you start to worry, you start to think that you're not good enough. Sometimes the mental stress could come as a memory. How many of you have seen someone that perhaps had never done a task before and they were told, oh, why don't you do it? And they do it and maybe so it, it didn't end well. The next time the person is being told to do it, that person will hesitate. Oh, no, 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 no. Because they had a memory of something they had experienced and they go never again. That is one trigger for many of us. Now, of course, some people have managed to switch that around so that it works for them. And that is a very good skill to have, to be able to turn things around. And we, as mothers, we've got that skill. It's one of our superpowers, that of creating and recreating. Okay. Now, another very important trigger, the emotional triggers. Most of the time when we talk about triggers, for stress, it will be the low vibration type emotions, things like fear, sadness, depression, apathy, um, guilt, very important, mom guilt. We feel that all the time, especially as working mothers, when you 
have to kind of pick between your child and your work or um, between um, spending time putting things together, building something for your child or buying something for your child rather than doing something else. So that kind of guilt that comes through, those kind of emotions of fear, they are some of the things that cause you to have stress, cause you to ruminate and kind of get into a state where you're so worked up and perhaps even burnt out. Another very important thing definitely is that the social stresses Social triggers are very important because they are, even though they are outside of us most of the time, they affect us. One of them, of course, will be the people around you. Who do you surround yourself with? I remember growing up, my mother would say, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. Now, that is so true because when you surround yourself with people that are uplifting, happy, you tend to be the extra happy person. If you are surrounding yourself with people who are constantly complaining, gossiping, you end up being the next gossiping person. So be mindful of the people you put around you. They could be people that are making you more stressed. Sometimes you can pick the people around you and sometimes you can't pick the people around you. What if you were married to someone who was a trigger for your stress? Now, these are things, identify the stress triggers in your life, and then you can start to make plans on how to handle them. Some of them, some of the stress triggers you can get rid of, but there are some that you can do the changes on yourself. There is a relationship coach I got to meet some time ago, and this coach, she talks about how in a relationship, when you are speaking with um, your partner and things are not working out well, you don't have to carry yourselves, both of you, to, um, to relationship coaching or to counseling. You, as a one person, can go get that coaching and transform your relationship. When I heard that, I was like, oh, really? But it all takes that very important skill. With having a mindset where you say, if it needs to change, it's me that needs to do something about it. You may not be able to change the other person, or you can do something about it. Either the way you act, the way you react, perhaps even the way you do not react. Every one of them is a response. So choosing the right response to whatever trigger that you have identified is so key. The third thing that mothers can do when it comes to managing stress and avoiding burnout is learning to say no. Oh, goodness me. Those two letter, that two letter word, no. Whew, it's such a powerful word, but it's also a full sentence as well. That was one thing I struggled with. Of course, being a people pleaser, when you tell me, oh, Jenny, can you do this? Okay. Yes, sure, absolutely. And I ended up doing it even though I knew that by saying yes to that, I was saying no to myself. And the person that was able to teach me how not to say no to myself anymore was my son. I remember when he was younger, I would say something like, oh, would you go and do this? And I'll send him on an errand. And of course, we all want our children to 
do everything we want them to do or we tell them to do. But my son would say, oh, no, but that's a kind offer. <laughs> the first time he said it, I could not find the emotions of anger or frustration. No, no, no. I started to laugh because the way he said it just melted my heart. And that was where I found the key that him saying that, he said it because, yeah, he was going to say no. But the impact on me was not that of rejection. It was that of seeing my empowered son. And that act empowered me too. So you don't have to be nasty about saying no. You don't have to be mean about saying no. Saying no is a gift you give to the person and to yourself. Saying no is so important. So we need to learn to say no. And sometimes we, especially as mothers, we go, uh, no, because nobody asked you for the reason. If they ask for the reason, let that be a separate question. No is a complete sentence. No. Okay. If you decide because maybe that's your nature, you want to give a reason. Uh, I, I would say that from my own experience, <laughs> from the experience of many mothers I've interacted with, when you start to give a reason why you said no, you entangle yourself further and you try, you well up emotional responses, which are not very helpful to your well-being. Okay. Now the first, the fourth tip I'd like to share with you, and I hope you're enjoying this. I know perhaps you're listening to this and maybe you're working out, you're running, you're doing the chores, you're probably taking the children to school. And you might want to come back and what, listen to that this episode again. You might want to then at that point take notes. But if at all you miss any of these things, don't worry about it. I'm going to put a link for a free download for you which you can get in the show notes. Okay, I'm going to put the link below and then you'll be able to get the um, download. So while we are on this, number four is to prioritize your tasks. As a mother, you always have a lot of things to do. I recall when I was younger, I had my to-do list. I was that kind of child that had a long list of things and I had everything itemized and it was all amazing. I was so organized. Everything was beautiful. My to-do list was working. The moment I became a mother, <laughs> my to-do list went out the window. My to-do list wasn't working anymore. My to-do list was now a list that caused me to be overwhelmed and stressed out. And that's exactly what many mothers are struggling with. Your to-do list that should have been the one helping you is now causing more stress for you. So what I've decided to do and has worked so far for me and for mothers I coach is do not do a to-do list. You have to create your power list. With your power list, it's not everything that you put on there that is a thing that you need to do. On that power list, you have the ability to pick out your priorities. How many of you remember Pareto Principle? Yes. Okay. The 80-20 rule, for those who perhaps have heard it, called the 80-20 rule. 80% of the things that we hope to achieve is 
achieved by doing 20%. So if you look at perhaps your task, your goal, sometimes to get the 80% sorted, you ne- what you need to do is 20%. My goodness. Well, the moment I heard that, I understood that concept. I started to recognize that it's not about that long list of to-dos. It's about identifying what your 20% are. So as a mother, working mother, at home, at work, what are those 20, your 20% that are your priorities? Prioritize them, okay? And when you have these priorities done, you will start to see things are less overwhelming, less stressful, and the risk of burnout is lower. Very importantly, moving on to the fifth tip for today, it is to delegate and outsource your tasks. Now, mothers, <laughs> we tend to do everything. You, you feel that, oh, I think, you know what? I'll do it. I'll do it better. And because you feel that you're so good at doing it or you're so used to seeing it done a certain way, you need to have it done that particular way. And that's something that really, really hurts us. Okay. And we as mothers need to recognize that no, we need to come to terms with who we are and come to terms with the fact that, hey, I know that this may not be according to what I have kind of envisioned, but I will let go, ask someone else to do it. Some of those tasks that we hold on to, doing the dishes, doing the laundry, um, doing the grocery shopping, seriously, there's some things you can let go of, okay? There's some people that can help you. Is there a carpooling service to pick up your children from school? Maybe I'll pick up, you drop off, and you have a group of parents that do that for each other. Or perhaps it's your partner, and you can say, oh, can you get this done, and I'll do these other bits. Or it could be a friend. Or sometimes even delegating to your children. Your children are an amazing resource. You would not believe what kind of things they can do, even from the age of two. People think it's a bit... uh, too young to give them chores. My goodness, from age two, they are so smart. It's unbelievable. So yes, please do give them chores. Okay. And then very importantly, you need to also remember that you, as you are leveraging your, the people around you, you need to leverage your time as well. There are some people that do things faster than you. By all means, give the stuff to them. Sometimes you might need to spend money, but that money spent will give you peace of mind and your well-being. So see it not just as money spent, but as an investment into your well-being. Okay. Now the next one is what I the one I love most, and that's number six. That is to schedule time for yourself. How many of us have a time every day where we say, okay, this particular either five minutes or 10 minutes or 30 minutes or one hour in this day is for me, just me. Okay, you might say it's impossible, but I want to show you that it's not impossible. It is possible. It's not about the quantity per se. It's more about the quality. Whenever you are scheduling time for yourself, remember that you need to actually have it for you. Okay, it's not all me and my partner, me and my children, me and my work colleagues. No, let it be for you. It can just be a few minutes. 
I know, especially if you've got young children, you know how they kind of follow you everywhere. My son used to be like that, following me everywhere. I remember that time I would want to go to the bathroom and he would want to follow me in there. I'm like, no, 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 wait, mommy's going to the bathroom. So thankfully, most of the doors, the bathroom doors had like a thumb lock. So you could actually lock the door and just have a bit of peace and quiet, really. And sometimes that can be your own getaway. That could be your own time to just go and chill and breathe. And whenever you schedule time for yourself, think about it as a gift. Okay. If you're someone that loves flowers, like giving yourself flowers. I had one of my colleagues who did something very fantastic. And I actually love that. She always bought herself flowers. She would have these flowers delivered every, every week and it would be delivered at work. She would put them on her desk and she would look at the flowers end of the week. She maybe gives them out or gets rid of them, depending on whatever state they are in. And then the next week, another set of flowers. And she was doing that for herself. Sometimes it's just those little gestures, certain things. Put a little note for yourself. Okay. Give yourself a hug. So important because we are going through a lot. One of the reasons why many mothers are stressed is because of the pressure. And sometimes you can't, if, you can't keep off the pressure because some of these pressures are external. You can't control them, but you can control how you respond to them. You can control how you prepare for them. And that's what we are doing in the Wellbeing for Mothers show. So please make sure that you're sharing this with other mothers, empowering them, because mothers who hear this, who have read my best-selling book, who have done the courses, who have joined events. They go, oh my goodness, where have you been all my life? I wish I knew this earlier. And so share this because the more mothers that know about this, the more mothers will feel well in themselves and the more children will experience that. And imagine that ripple effect of goodness spreading through the world. And then the next one, which is seven, is to connect with a strong support network. There is an African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, you go alone. But if you want to go far, you go together. Life is not a sprint, it's a marathon. Sometimes you go fast, sometimes you go slow. Sometimes you're walking, sometimes you're crawling. Sometimes you feel like giving up and stopping in your steps, but sometimes you just kind of drag yourself along. And sometimes you're sprinting because it's so fabulous. But we all have our ups and downs. We all have our moments. And so when you want to go fast, you can go by yourself. But if you want to go far, if you want to actually have that at the end of the race, you're not burnt out completely, you need to connect with people who understand you, who love you, who support you. And so I invite you to come and join the community at the Wellbeing for Mothers. So come join the community. You can come in there and say, hey, gosh, I've had a horrible day today. You would be so surprised because many people have some certain days. I remember I was sharing something with my children at the end of the day. I had, um, uh, I, I don't like using the word horrible day, but a very not pleasant day. And it was one of those days where you have a commute of 40 minutes becoming a three-hour commute. My goodness, has that ever happened to you? 
<laughs> so here I am sat in my car and I'm not someone who loves driving. I'm sat in my car driving. 40 minute commute becomes a three hour commute because of traffic, roadworks and all sorts. And here I was breathing through it, <laughs> trying to get to see the positives in it. And I thought, oh, how did I get myself into this mess? And that was because I decided, okay, I was going to do something um, for someone else. But at the end of the day, while I was sharing that with my children and saying how unpleasant that experience was, I, I shared with them because during a particular part of it, um, towards the ending part, I just found myself singing. Yes, I found myself singing. And by singing, I found my, my emotions, my spirit, my soul was lifted up. And as I had that, I was having so much fun, even in the midst of that stressful situation. So you never know. So it, by sharing with people, by connecting with people, they might be able to share things like this. For example, you've heard in a stressful situation, oh, maybe I could try singing something I like. Maybe I could just breathe. Someone would say, oh, you know what I do? I tend to um, have a particular area on my arm, which I rub. Some people are very skilled when it comes to acupressure points. They could tell you a particular area. If I'm, of course, I was not driving, I would have done a bit of tapping. So for those who probably don't know, tapping is uh, an emotional freedom technique, which I absolutely love. And that is very relieving of stress. I highly recommend it. It's just phenomenal. Okay. So basically, coming into a community where you are supported, you not only get the camaraderie, you get accountability. You get the people who would say, I see you, I love you. Come cry on my shoulder if you need to. You also have people who give you practical advice and tips. So, so important, connect with the community. And then the final one, which I would like to share with you before I end this session and this uh, episode, is to ask for help. Many of us think that asking for help is a sign of weakness. We think that asking for help just means that you don't know what to do or you don't know how to do it. And people might look down on you, especially at work. I know, that, of course, I have worked in different environments. Some have been pleasant, some have been toxic. And most of the time when you have, like, for example, a toxic environment, it's like people are there trying to tell you you don't know something. They're trying to tell, make it obvious that um, either you're ignorant or you're incapable. And when you are aware of that, it causes more stress. What I tend to suggest to people is like, let it go. Let go of that belief. If truly they are like that and you really can't stand that environment, adjust your mindset, adjust your environment. Okay. Whatever it is that works for you, do what is best for you. Ask for help. You might have someone that would, you could talk to, could even be your, it could be your manager, it could be HR, it could be your boss's boss, whoever it is, but someone that you can relate to, they'll be able to give you insights into what you're doing, what you could do, what opportunities are available. Sometimes when you're going through a lot of stress, approaching burnout, another very important thing that could happen is that you could actually have um, a lot of built up energy and pain and that can affect your well-being causing you to be unwell 
As a family doctor, I see so many people who have been going through mental and emotional stresses and they've come to me, oh, I've got this headache, doctor. And I say, oh, okay. And we go through all the, the history of what's been going on. And when I examine them, their blood pressure is through the roof. What's going on? Lots of things going on in their home life or their work life. The stress is so much. And the impact is on their well-being. The impact now affects them in such a way that it can be debilitating. So at that point, I say, okay, there are certain things we need to do, but I'm thankful that you've come to me as a professional to ask for help. So you might need to see your doctor. You might need to see a therapist. You might need to get a coach. You might need to get a counselor. Whoever that is, ask for help. Don't be afraid to. Don't refrain from asking for help. Because when you ask for help, you're giving the other person an opportunity to be blessed. You're giving the other person an opportunity to show their value to the world. And so it's important as you, as a mother, you're constantly giving and telling people and supporting people and helping people. Allow yourself to also be filled and helped and supported. Remember, you cannot pour from an empty cup. Your cup needs to be filled too. And I'm going to end on this note. A friend suggested something. She said, rather than you, and this friend of mine is also my coach as well, so it's really interesting. But she said, rather than you pouring out from yourself to the point where you get to empty, why not fill yourself up and constantly fill yourself up to overflowing so that the things you're giving to people are from your overflow? Ooh, I love that so much because when you cherish yourself so much that you are filling yourself up constantly and you're getting to overflow, you can overflow to people around you, in the work, at home, your family, your relationships, intimate and otherwise, and also if it's the strangers. That's why you can walk down the road and smile at the stranger and say good morning, have an amazing day, and you do not know what magic you can do by that act of kindness. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. I want you to download this episode, listen to it again. And of course, please leave a review. I'd love to hear what your main takeaway was, what resonated for you, what you enjoyed listening to. And what I've also done is I've put the link to download a free PDF of the eight things, keys that you as a working mother can utilize to manage stress and prevent burnout. So go to the show notes, have a click, have a download, you can have a read anytime. You can use it anytime. It's a tool for you because on this show, we don't only talk about the realities of motherhood. We also share tactics, strategies, and tools that we can use on a consistent basis. I am Dr. Duny, the award-winning mom empowerment coach and your host on the Wellbeing for Mothers show. Have an amazing day. Share this. Don't forget to subscribe and please leave a review. Until next time, I ask that you stay well. <music>